friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, gentlemen, where did that, I don't even know where that came from, journalmen. I think maybe somebody in my my life, my personal life, was singing like for the role of uh, one of the roles in um, what's that? Uh, so, so they were singing "Suddenly Seymour." My brain has totally gone blank. Uh, and if you you say my brain's gone blank because I don't know what in the Rick Moranis you're talking. Are you? And I say you're right. I don't know what in the Rick Moranis I'm talking about. Because, uh, like, I, this feels, you say, I thought I was tuning into a sleep podcast and not a little shop of meanders. And I say, oh, no, this is a little shop of meanders and pointless, uh, superfluous tangents. And uh, this shop is here to keep you company and ease you into bedtime. Take your mind off of stuff so you could fall asleep. It's very different. So give it a few tries to see how it goes. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, we're going to do some support for the show. Then we'll have an intro and a nice little story after that. Uh, because you deserve a good night's sleep. Uh, it's time for sleep with me. What in the Seymour? Uh, so, so, whatever, what I said. Journal, journal, like, uh, it's time for sleep with me. The podcast that puts you to sleep. Thanks for making it possible, my patron peeps. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts on your mind, like the stuff you're thinking about. Uh, so thoughts, you know, think the past, present, future, baffling thoughts, uh, like uh, figuring stuff out, whatever it is. If it's thoughts, it could be emotions or feelings coming up for you. That happens sometimes for my thoughts. Sometimes my feelings. It is which which comes first, the feelings or the thoughts. Sometimes both. You know what I love is when I'm trying to get in bed and hand in hand, my feelings and thoughts come to me, and they're holding hands. But it doesn't seem like they're interested in holding my hand. They're kind of swinging their hand. Holy cow! I just realized I'm a third wheel to my thoughts and feelings. I'm an expert on being a third wheel. I, well, I don't know. Well, so, okay, we'll come back to that. But it could be thoughts or feelings, uh, physical sensations, changes in time or temperature or routine. And also, I don't know what third wheel really means because most vehicles that I'm familiar with uh, have, like, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I'm sure it did in the, its original context, uh but uh, I'm, I say, well, I'm just a wheelbarrow. I'm doing fine on my own. I carry my stuff around. I'm not a third wheel. I'm a wheelbarrow. You know, I got, but I don't know if that makes sense. But uh, like, um, I'm here. Uh, like, oh, just let me get to the. Let me start the podcast. The third wheels and wheelbarrows uh, on my brain. But whatever's keeping me awake, I'd like to take your mind off of it and keep you company, just in case you're having any strong feelings about being a third wheel. Don't worry, I'm going to cover, I'm going to give you some relatable stuff to put you at ease before, you know, 
ideally. Because, you know, I've had I've had those feelings. But whatever's keeping you awake, I'm going to try to take your mind off of it eventually. And, and, and so you can fall asleep. And the way I do that is I try to create a safe place. Or even terms like that are kind of safe to have our feelings about it. Uh, but eventually what you'll do is I'll take your mind off of that. But I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders. And superfluous tangents. You've kind of seen a pointless meander and a superfluous tangent already. And you're hearing my voice, which is not traditionally soothing. It's more a voice that takes your mind off of stuff that's good for background noise or barely listening to. And a couple of things about the show if you're new. This show is not for everybody, but for most people it is for. It does take two or three tries to listen to. That is the consensus among listeners. Like over a million times I've probably heard. Took through two or three tries. First I disliked the show, then I felt neutral, then I loved it because I stopped listening, paying attention to you. And I say, what a great compliment. Also, thanks for giving a few tries. So if you're new, see how it goes. If you're already at the point where you don't like the show, check out uh, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you because there's a lot of other shows on there, um, uh, like other podcasts and sleep audio you could check out because the reason I make the show and the reason sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you exists is because I want to help you fall asleep, but if I can't, you know, maybe one of those other things will because the, the, I make the show because, at one, I know how it feels in the deep, dark night. I know how it feels to dread going to bed, to, you know, work, like you know, the strong feelings you might have before bed, after in the morning, and while you're trying, you know, while it's the, the rigmarole of the deep, dark night is going on. And all the listeners, or not all the listeners, but the majority of people listening, they can relate to that pain, too. And we all experience it in a little bit different ways, but we can relate to how it feels. That's why I call it the deep, dark night. But as you become a regular listener, I hope you can also relate to this fact, is the fact that you do deserve a good night's sleep. And you deserve a place of respite uh, where you can unwind and drift off to sleep, where you get the rest you need and your life is more manageable. That's really the most important thing about the show or leading you to another sleep podcast or something else is the fact that uh, you deserve a more manageable life via rest so that you can flourish. And in some sense, you say, well, you don't know me. I say, well, I know what it feels like, one. And I know if your life is better, then the world you are in is going to be better. And that has a positive impact on everybody in, in, in the universe, really. And that's a tr the truth to me. So it is important. So that's why I make the show. Uh, another couple things about the show. This is a podcast you don't really listen to. You may have already figured that out. You just kind of barely pay attention and uh, just kind of see how it goes. Some people use it as background noise. Some people listen and then fall asleep. Some people turn me down to a muffle. So just kind of see how it goes. But if you can't sleep, I'm here to keep you company. So whether you're awake or asleep, you don't you could you can kind of listen to me, but you don't have to. And this podcast keeps you company instead of fall, putting you to sleep. You kind of just drift off. I take your mind off of stuff, and you drift off. I'm here to be your companion in the deep dark night, your audio assistant. 
I guess it would be one way. And and just to, to be your boar bay, your boar sib, your boar cuz, your boar bestie, your boar bra, your boar friend. So that's what I'm here to do is keep you company and take your mind off stuff so you can fall asleep. Now, the structure of the show also throws people off at first. So I just want to run through why the show is structured the way it is. And then you could kind of adjust. But most people find the structure works well for them. So show starts off with a greeting. Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Then I say something witty, maybe, or funny, or partially funny. And that way, uh, the goal of that is that you feel welcome and seen. That And that uh, you get the tone of the show is not so serious. Then there's support. There's support for the podcast via listener support and sponsor support. So the show can come out twice a week for free on any free podcast app. So paying for the show is optional and supporting the show is optional so that anyone who wants to listen has access to it. Uh, and that comes through the listener support and the sponsors. Then there's support for listeners if you're having a tough time right now. And then there's support for communities around the show and communities where you are. Uh, so we can take positive action to be a part of positive change. Uh, then there's the intro, which is separate from that stuff. But when people don't like the, um, that part of the show, they tend to carry it on to the intro. But the intro is, uh, it's, it is important. It's not important to everybody. Uh, and I'll explain that too, but, uh, it is an important part of the podcast. It's a show within a show and it's about 10 to 15 minutes long. We're already, we're like five minutes in. I try to explain what the podcast is to a new listener, but my regular listeners, what up regular listeners, uh, a lot of them really enjoy the intro, and it's different how each regular listener uses it, but there's a couple different use cases that are popular. And the most popular one is just to listen to the intro as you're getting ready for bed or as you're doing your wind-down activity. Because the intro, it's not like a book, like one of those, what are those things called to hold up books? Uh, I don't know. I guess the intro isn't a third wheel. But it's a wheel on the wheelbarrow, right? It uh, It's rolling. No, I guess that's not. I'll have to find another metaphor for it. But it's uh, it eases you into bedtime. It's a transition period between your evening and going to sleep. So the intro serves as like a 15 to 20-minute interlude where I'm rambling and trying to explain stuff unsuccessfully, but hopefully in a way that makes you feel... Like you're a part of something. Like you're, you say, okay, there's other people listening, but this is here for me to keep me company. And this man is somewhat interesting, and hopefully he'll get to the third wheel stuff uh, that he promised. So it eases you into bedtime. Some people are in bed listening. Some people are doing, you know, knitting or hooking or drawing or stretching. And then there's about 2% of people that start the show at 20 or 30 minutes. There's a few thousand people that listen to story-only episodes. Uh, and pay extra for that. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, it's, it's, a, a, a like a landing strip. So that's the intro. Then there's more support for the show between the intro and the story again. So it could come out twice a week for free. And then there's thank yous at the end of the podcast. Uh, so that's the structure of the show. That's why I make the show. And yeah, I'm not comfortable, I guess, like thinking about it, I'm not comfortable with the term third wheel. One, because I don't know what, like, what it means, why it's a metaphor. Like a third wheel means, and I've been in this situation 
my whole life, majority of the time with someone, I'm just like a, like a third wheel means when one or two of your friends are dating, but you hang around with them a lot, but it's talked about like, like it's a, a negative, which it could be. Now, if, normally for me, it's a negative because I'm actually like would have a crush on one of the friends and it was unrequited and, 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 and usually it was unrequited most of the time. I was like, at least it was, uh, we remained friends, but I said, hey, this is not a, and I say, okay, I understand. I'm a niche person, so I have I have a niche level of attraction that you're not, but so you're interested in my friend who's a little more mainstream. And uh, so like, but you see, but we're still all still friends, which, part, you know, part of you, maybe now as an adult, I might say, well, let me think about it. But at the time I say, well, Okay, let's, let's, uh, like, uh, so you hang around with your friends that are dating. And I guess the third wheel part could be one, you know, what, what do, am I like looking at my boundaries properly or not? Do I just want to be friends with them? And I think most of the time the answer is, yeah, yeah, probably. And maybe the other side of it is, well, we want to do some, um, light kissing, uh, you know, like the people do in Europe where they kiss each other on the cheeks. We do like to do that, uh. And, you know, and you say, oh, okay, well, I'll just sit over here on the couch. Like, that happens to me in the movies. I say, oh, boy. Uh, yeah, it's my middle name. Uh, like, there's probably a better term for it. But I'd say, no, I'm the wheelbarrow. You two hop in, and I'll roll around. I never had a car, so also I, I wasn't like a third-wheel driver, luckily. Um but they say, well, you bring us comp. I say, well, great. So I said, my purpose, so I have a crush on you and you found a purpose for me, both of you together in your new relationship. Like, so I'm, it's more of like a really, I, th- I think here's an empowering term. And then you could decide if the role fits. It's like I was their relationship mascot. They say, yeah, we like having you around or side sidekicks a little too diminutive. Mascot feels empowering. Because you have to put on a suit, at least imaginarily, and you could say, you know what, I'm not interested in being your relationship mascot. Because uh, they say, well, it's fun having a person dressed as a giant eagle, uh, you know, except when we're trying to kiss each other on the cheeks. We'd prefer to do that in private. And you say, okay, I can just put my bird head on backwards and I can't hear anything anyway. And I'll go lie down. I fall asleep pretty fast in this bird suit. Um, but you could, that makes it easy role to set. Am I going to be cheering along your relationship and I'm there as an extra fun, which is kind of good. Like sometimes, uh, I've had people, I've been in relationships and then had a third person actually a few different times and it, it was fun. It was like a mutual friend whose presence we both enjoyed. And so I guess you could also use that mutual friend, uh, the, whose presence we both enjoy. So you could decide. I don't know if that mascot, a mutual other ass cot. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see how it goes, I guess. Uh, my advice, think about what what you're comfort, comfortable with. Because uh, you could be, you say, well, for the time being, I'll cheer along your relationship. I'll be your mascot. And you say, well, no, I'd prefer to just be, I'm not sure how I feel. I need some time. But for me as an introvert and a person who practices a lot of avoidance, the nice thing about either being the extra wheel 
which you say it's great if you get a, I mean, I guess that would be, I never fell into that one thinking, well, if you get a flat, if he gets a flat tire, I could, you know, he could change it out and put me in there. Most of my delusions had been already, uh, corrected with reality already in my third wheel situations. So I never thought I was like spare tire. I mean, I've been in that position in a different way, but so, oh boy, this is getting deep, but this is supposed to be a sleep podcast. Uh, but I promised you I'd talk about it and try to empower you to say, yeah, no, I prefer, I prefer, I prefer to be friends with, you know, I'll, I'll just think about what my preferences are. Sure. I could do that. But in your head, you say, I'm going to be your relationship mascot for the time being. I'm going to cheer, cheer, cheer for, uh, maybe I'll get some pom poms, imaginary ones and do a roll and I'll cheer, cheer, cheer for you as a couple doesn't sound so great as the more I talk about it, but it could be. It could be. I'm trying to think of anything. can't think of any example. I mean, it could be fun for a time. That's the thing. Things evolve and change. Uh, and then your friend might, you know, one of them might say, you could get it. You could take that suit off. The relationship's over. We don't need a mascot. And you, you did good, though, as our mascot. It wasn't your fault. It was uh, we were incompatible. Um, or you say, yeah, I prefer, I, if we all enjoy one another's company, I'm comfortable with that boundary. So I don't know. From experience, uh, I'm going to go with like, uh, I, I'll, I'll live in my, ma- say, well, okay. So I tried to live in my imagination with the crush didn't work out. Now I'll live in my imagination in the mascot. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, this is like, I'm digging so deep in the past cause I don't have any current context for it, but, and I hope I don't. So anyway, I'm glad you're here. If that's the kind of stuff you could relate to, I'm here to help uh, tonight. Oh, so the structure of the show, oh, the story tonight will be um, some unboxing of some magic. And that's part of our like ongoing partnership to start uh, making hygiene kits for the Midnight Mission. So if you haven't checked out sleepwithmepodcast.com slash Midnight Mission yet, please do. But I'm glad you're here. Uh, I really work hard, uh, really yearn and I strive and I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways I'm able to do it for you for free twice a week. Everybody scoots here. This is another episode of our, um, series unboxing magic, I guess it's called. Uh, and I've been trying to pick up magic sets, uh, now I won't be doing any magic. I don't know. Like, uh, that's what's interesting. I, I, uh. If if there's ever a time like where yeah I'm not going to do any magic I'm tr- I'm trying to figure that part out but uh, I don't know maybe maybe I could figure something out for it so um, but this is about unboxing magic so I got another magic set this one is an open box but the box is sealed you know what I'm saying so I don't know what's actually in there and it's a really big box so I'm gonna grab it and we'll start going and see what's in there. Oh boy, is it the heavy. And the reason I'm excited, this isn't the same one I got as a kid that started out my interest in trying to find used magic sets. Uh, but it is one of these kits. And I know maybe magicians, and we won't know what quality the stuff is uh, to until uh, we unbox it. But uh, this one's called uh, Fantasy. Uh, I'm changing the names around, but uh, Fantasy Magic. It has 300 plus tricks plus a down instructable video, instructional video download. Okay, so at least it was made in the last 10 years, I'm guessing. Amazing magic, easy to do. You can impress, it comes with a performance table and uh, 
You can make stuff appear in it. It's officially endorsed by the uh, International Brotherhood of Magicians. So that might be good. It's age 7 plus, And it is big. Uh, like a, the size of like a large Lego kit. Like a large one. So you're talking maybe, um, I don't even know, my forearm... It's longer than my from my elbow to the tip of my finger, and then it's about my forearm wide and my entire hand thick. If you want, you know, to get to the specific, and it doesn't have it, just has what kind of comes in there. Uh, it comes with a poster, Legends of Magic. But yeah, let's let me open it and then we'll go from there. Of course, I don't have any, <laughs> I didn't plan this out. I mean, I yeah, so give me a second. Okay, so it took a lot of work to get it in here just because, uh, like, I work in a climbing closet, and this is a pretty big set. Uh, and it does have some of the trappings of a slightly used magic kit. There's even fingerprints I'm just <laughs> seeing on uh, a couple things that are shiny. And I'm not sure everything is here, but, uh, you know, that's kind of thing. The magic uh, of a magic set is that, uh, of a used magic set, there is magic in that old used magic set, set Scoots found. For when he placed it in his lap, he began to meander around. So let's go over what could be missing first. Uh, um, there's a couple things that do look like they're missing. Oh, wait, so this is where the rings go. And maybe that goes there. So maybe nothing is missing. So I'm looking at it from a top view. Uh, it's arranged, you know, for packaging and shipping. On the top right is a deck of cards. Then there's some sort of clear plastic tube with fake money in there. Then there's a purple cup. Uh, it looks like an upside down. Um, oh, there's it's there's things. There's another cup nested inside it. Uh, looks like an upside down. It looks like a little bit like a what do you call that? A pot you'd put a plant in. There's some red rope. And it actually looks like high-quality rope uh, um, for magic. I mean, because I've seen a lot of magic sets. Uh, then there's a magic wand that's loose in there that's long and thin, about the thickness of a pencil, but uh, twice or three times as long. Then there's also two other magic wands with the red tassels attached to them. There's one, two, three and a half red balls. So hopefully, and I remember this from the other magic set I had, was that uh, that also happened when I bought the other one as a kid that I didn't have all, <laughs> I didn't have all my red balls, uh, my red hollow balls uh, that uh, I just didn't, uh, you know, I don't have all my marbles either. But uh, so I don't know if that'll impact my ability to impress the audience. Uh, because that was like one of the things I was like, oh, one day, you know, I'll be able to make balls disappear. And I said, yeah, well, out of anyway, there's a crushed plastic cup that looks like a standard solo cup, but it's got a bunch of, um, it's got maybe these are fake, uh, what are those things called? Handkerchiefs. They're not very good quality compared to the rope, uh, red, green, and blue. They look like they're flag material, but low quality. I mean, but maybe they're not uh, handkerchiefs. Then there's a, oh, interesting. This is something for something for some kind of magic. Uh, there's a red circle, and on one side it's flat. On the other side there's like pie pieces, and at least one of them opens up. Uh, 
Oh, maybe like a, where I could hide money in there? A quarter? It looks like there's a cutout for something about the size of a quarter, like a trap door. Then we have uh, three silver cups. Uh, they, again, look like you could put little plants in them. Imagine that. You say, what, what kind of shop did Scoots end up opening? Oh, he sells uh, flowering magic sets. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, it's a bespoke, you know, one of his bespoke things. It won't last, but, uh, yeah, he sells, he puts, he plants things in magic sets. Uh, like well, <laughs> red ball. Red ball, half balls, uh, half spheres uh, full with, uh, you know, air plants or whatever. Or silver cups, uh, he makes them into mini pots. I wouldn't do that because that would take too much research. But, but yeah, there's three silver cups. Uh, then there's a uh, a, um, a thumb, you know, extra, a thumb add. If you want your thumb to be long, if you've ever fantasized about having a longer thumb, uh, your, your days dreaming are over. It's here. Then there's a, something that says it's the money machine and there's a hundred dollar who, Oh, let's look at the money. I think I definitely had some of these. This is might be standard stuff. And then we have a hundred dollar bill with a Houdini on it. Phantasm, fantastic magic or whatever. Their website, not legal tender. And we have another, a bill that's like looks like something happened to it, and then the fake bills. So I don't know how that works. Uh, then we have three metal rings uh, that are in like a they're kind of interlaced. You can barely hear them. I apologize, but uh, that's a magic audio. You'll hear a tiny bit of uh, clinking. Oh no, you know what? I'm sorry. There's four rings. There's one in the bottom. Uh, then we have. Uh, let's see. I'm going to skip to the bottom right. Bottom right is, uh, huh, interesting. Oh boy, there's a mirror. Like, there's a, a flat piece of mirror and a cup. I don't know. I just felt something when I picked this up. I mean, like, emotionally. So, I don't know. I may be having some sort of magic, <laughs> magic flashback, man. There was a, a, a clear cup inside a cup that, uh, has, uh, some sort of ridges on it and a red thing, and then there's a mirror inside, which probably is part of the illusion. Oh, yeah, maybe, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, then there's a small paddle. Uh, looks a bit like a religious artifact. It's red. It has a cross at the top. It also circles. And then three small poofy balls, like that I would put at the top, like if I was... Um, if I was dealing with a CL, like a, a, if I was making, if I had a baby and I was making it a Halloween outfit where it was going to be a CLOWN, these balls are the kind of poofy balls I would make for fake buttons. Or if I was making a uh, hats for uh, uh, like, uh, like Elvin buddies, uh, that's what I would use. Then there's a couple of black boxes. The first black box is 100% empty. Oh, no, there's a penny in there. A real penny, I think. I don't know if it's a magic penny. When a hay penny will do. Uh, I don't know if this is for the cards or for something else, but it's just a box that closes and opens. Then there's another box. Oh, that's a little bit deeper. And uh, 
probably for some, you know, has some magic properties. Oh, it's like a drawer. It has a drawer in it uh, that opens and closes. And that's it in here. Oh, here's another fake quarter. There's a fake quarter. I bet you that goes with that uh, other thing. A lot of instructions here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the box, I'm going to take the box out of the studio. If I have to go, go get it again, I, I will, just because it, otherwise it's going to make a big mess. And I'm, like, I'll tell you what, as soon as I hit pause, I'm, I'm a lot of this stuff. Oh, wait, you're right. Let's look at the um, cards first. Okay, so no offense to Magic Kit, but um, the cards are, they are plastic. They do have a plastic coating, but you can tell that they're not exactly the highest quality. Um. And but let's take a look and see. There's one blank card, and it's one of these decks. I think that's like fifty-fifty. Oh, it has different things for different. It has a Joker. It has a two and a half of hearts. It has one. So it is like half like some cards, and then half of a repetitive card, which is kind of standard. I've seen in a lot of these decks, and maybe it's maybe they're kind of cutting away. My daughter figured out how to do it. I've not been able to do it where you can kind of. They're different, like if you mix them all together, you can kind of shuffle them one way or the other. But that's a bit beyond my pay grade. Well, because I have no pay grade. But I'm going to put those back in here. And I'm going to look at the instructions. And don't worry, I have plenty of other magic, uh, and we'll talk about it. But let's see what the, I like to like not reveal how the tricks are done, but what the tricks you could expect, what the illusion, you know, not like uh, where the, you know what I mean. Okay, so we have the fantastic magic uh, instruction manual. There's also downloads. Now, I guess I'll talk about this now. I mean, this isn't like, I don't. I feel like this is uh, somewhere between big magic and indie magic. And I don't know, like, again, I don't I have no idea what I'm talking about. So I haven't done any research. But from getting these magic sets over the past couple months, and when you're hearing this, it'll be over a span of years, uh, between probably 2021 and 2023. Uh, I did notice like at some point with the internet and, and some of the stuff is like pre Google, even like the eras when Yahoo and other search engines kind of dominated, or even those kind of stores, online stores that there, it was a big and probably still is a big indie magic community where you could just buy one specific magic, uh, uh, thing, but this one is kind of a uh, professionally made, but it's, it doesn't seem like it's made by some giant corporation. So somewhere in between now the, the, um, so it looks like, and, and uh, another thing I like about this, uh, now I haven't found any handwritten notes really in any of this magic stuff, but like, uh, it just reminds me of things that are never completely filed through on. And that's probably good. That's why a large number of people that perform magic tend to be very good at it or perform illusions because just like anything else, like making a boring podcast, believe it or not, takes a lot of work and dedication and repetition to get it down. And you have to find the thing that you're going to get through. Cause so this one, the um, instruction manual, it may, I mean, it looks, it seems like somebody might've been carrying around in their back pocket, but it's not super well-worn. But it was either carried around for a little while or improperly stored. But it does look like somebody looked through it a little bit. And, uh, oh, there's 180. This is where I want to start. Uh, uh, but let's see how many. 
This is like, uh, they're all pretty short instructions. I'm just trying to see how many. Oh, it didn't say 300 magic tricks. Uh, yeah, so it does have 301, though. But this first one I just noticed, this is number, oh, this is billiard balls, but it's not. It's the red ones. Oh, so it was on a videotape or DVD. Oh, so a lot of these you got to look up and watch on the thing. Amazing multiplying billiard balls. Uh, you must have been astonished by Buckingham producing all those billiard balls on your videotape. Uh, and they'll explain how to do it on, uh, on, 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 on uh, you know, so you can do it. Um, but it's basically how you can start with one. It's amazing, you know, this kind of stuff. So you start with one ball. And I mean, the amazing amount of work. So you would start with, the person would be, you'd see one ball between their index finger and their thumb. And then another ball, by magic, would appear between their index finger and their middle finger. And then they could make another one appear uh, between their middle finger and their ring finger. And then they can make yet another one appear uh, between their, uh, what is that, pinky and their ring finger. So that's pretty impressive. What else we got on this page? Flying coin. Uh, you make a neat little routine, vanishing a coin, and then you say it's now invisible. To get it back, I need a coin trap, uh, and you make one using a coaster and a glass, uh, and uh, then you can produce your coin right under the uh, glass and finish by saying, I don't like to have too much invisible money because the shops won't take it. That's what I like. Number, this one is uh, your setup. Uh, oh, is this for 180? Huh. Start with one solid ball in your left-hand pocket. Maybe this is in my, but, uh, yeah, let's see. Incredible coin coaster. Have a look at your coin coaster and turn it upside down. You'll see a flap uh, that we saw. Huh, okay, that one's uh, the cost of travel. Oh, here's the penny. Put a one-cent coin in an envelope and seal it. On the envelope, write arrival station. Borrow a dollar. Put it into your tube. Put it in my tube, man. Wrap the tube up uh, and uh, have the ball travel to the arrival station. The, the bill will have vanished from the tube. And then you open the envelope and show the penny. Did I mention the cost of the ticket was 99 cents? Uh, oh, okay. So I guess I gave away. I didn't give away how it's done. But uh, so you make it, you turn a dollar into a penny. That's cool. Silk, uh, silkworm. Oh, the, so I guess these are progressive tricks. So let me start a little further along. Oh, and this is uh, Roger is the CWO, the chief wizard officer of this company. So that's cool. Okay, so it starts with the illusion box. That's what you can make out of the lid. I don't know. I guess it, like by the time you hear this, maybe I'll do this. This could be good for live shows if I um, did magic, but it was in the production, like it was in the uh, style of the podcast uh, where there was never a ma- Like it's like, oh, I just went to a magic show. Oh, how many tricks did they perform? Um Zero. Like he started to perform one and then talked about delivering newspapers as a child and getting a perm and it was over. Oh, interesting. 
Okay, so the Amazing Illusion Box, that's kind of how to put it together. There's uh, secret things in there, and you can make a bunny appear, or usually a stuffed animal, they say. Okay, this one is called That's All, Folks. Uh, as you finish each of your tricks uh, during a show, put your props into a box. Uh, a tidy magician is a good magician. If you say this every time, it'll become like a catchphrase, and you may even find your audience joining in. At the end of the show, you close the door of your box, snap your fingers, and uh, all the props will have vanished. And you can even use a paper plate, and, and the paper they'll be on the paper plate, but they'll vanish, uh, which is even more baffling. Switcheroo. Your uh, your illusion box can also be used uh, to, like to magically change one object to another. You can apparently make knots magically appear in a handkerchief, for example, and uh, yeah, make you know do other things. You can also reverse it. Uh, you could take knots out of something. And you could even to- tell a story while you do it. Change a toy frog into a prince, uh, if you like. Time to switch. Here's another switching idea. Two sh- two pieces of string. Uh, and uh, they're different lengths. You make one appear in the box uh, or, or cut it. Uh, you could do different... Oh, so this is a lot of different tricks you could do with this. Uh, long piece of string to four pieces of short string... You could, uh, later on in this amazing box of magic, you'll learn how to make a friend pick the five of hearts from an ordinary deck. You can also use your box for this. Uh, you could, uh, write, uh, you know, a prediction. Uh, you're going to pick the five of hearts, uh, and put it in a box and make it appear. So then the, you know, I've seen that kind of, that's like a kind of thing with a truck driving by or whatever with, uh, David Blaine. Uh, then you could, uh, also, uh, what else? Stinky socks, uh, two pairs of socks, uh, dirty and clean. And, uh, you could switch them around, uh, for your friend, for amusement, uh, make them appear super soda and, uh, make one, take one can of soda, pour it in a glass, uh, I don't understand that one. Uh, bananas, uh, refill a banana. Oh, so it's like somehow you're refilling it with magic. I don't understand how the illusion works, though. So. And then, okay, so this is a magic wand, and now we're getting into. So uh, you can use the wand to point at objects, uh, wave the wand, and you could, you know, watch the uh, uh, video where you learn how to pluck money from midair. But you could also uh, make a wa- like a wand wobble like it's made of rubber. My wobbly magic wand. You could make the wand appear. Uh, produce a wand. You just take a like a small box, like a card card case, uh, and you can make it come out of the box. Uh, I don't know um, somehow. You could also make the wand cling to your hand, and uh, you could make it uh, professionally cling to your hand. So that's cool. Like, uh, so you could really up the trick. Uh, rolling wand, uh, 
you can make it magically roll across the table like uh, you you have magnetic powers or power of mind force. Uh, wow, that's cool. Numbered wand. Uh, you could discover a number that is being thought of. Uh, and you tap, you need a clock, you tap across on the number. I don't understand that one, but, you know, that's me. My, you can lift it out of a bottle. You can uh, somehow hold the wand and uh, put a ring on it and uh, and make the ring uh, move up and down the wand. You can uh, use it for different things. You can produce your wand from anywhere. Okay, then they have a purple mystery box. Uh, oh, I think mine is black, but... Uh, you can uh, put an object inside and make it disappear. That's always cool, man. I don't know how they do that, uh, even though I have to magic it. Um, backwards mystery box. Uh, finished, great finisher of your show. Get Really get the audience at the end of the show. Fill your box with candy and show them your empty box. Uh, then make a magical gesture to open the box and show the appearance of the candy and share it with the audience. So maybe this is a different box than the one we're seeing. Uh, and you can always use more than one of your props together to create even more magic. Uh, and uh, it could reappear by using duplicates of your cards. You can make two cards uh, appear in special boxes uh, to make your card reappear or appear even more spectacular. You'll need two identical cards Uh you can make a magical message appear, boxy production and prediction. You take a stage effect further by making a real object appear, be produced from the box, like a watch or a hanky. Show the empty box and then make something appear for real there. You could also use it for covert information to have a message for something you couldn't even know and show them that you're like a half mind reader, half spy. So, uh, yeah, somehow you put that. And then there's the amazing money paddle. This is a simple piece of sleight of hand. So you have a paddle, and you you move it around. You can show both sides that there's nothing in there. And uh, you can really create a, You can make a coin appear. You can multiply coins. Uh, you can make real money. Uh, you can make money vanish. You could also have a coin, uh, produced, uh, and, and a like a, a rebounding coin. You could make unlimited money appear. You could change money. You could do a full changing routine. Okay. Then we have the magic coin base. I was looking at that earlier. It's another apparatus that is more than it first appears to be. So it's like a three-piece thing. You place a coin. Place a coin. I'm going to try to take the coin without you seeing me, and uh, you could just make the coin disappear. You could also duplicate the coin. Uh, you can make it go from your mystery box there to the thing. You could also switch coins. Uh, you could use the mystery box in this thing for uh, candy. Change heads or tails. You could use your paddle with this. 
Then there's something called cups and balls. Uh, and I said, I thought that was like sport, a sporting analogy, but, uh, before your show, uh, you, you have these cups. Oh, and the sponge balls. Those are the ones I was like, Oh, I put them on a clown, baby clown outfit. And you can make, I don't know, you make like the, the sponge balls appear and disappear and move from cup to cup. That's always cool. Oh, they could appear like on the top. You can make them multiply. You could even have the audience, you know, to help with that. Okay. Then there's something called the French drop, which I guess is a big magic thing. You can make the wand, uh, go through the cup, uh, which is interesting or go deeper than you thought possible. Super depth illusion, crazy depth illusion, vanishing milk. Uh, so this comes with a, oh, maybe I had this one, uh, where you can make an entire glass of milk vanish. So that was uh, like one of the things. So then you can do vanishing milk and cookie. Chocolate milk, suspending milk, a uh, hanky from milk. Then you have a special card box. That was the one I was looking at. Uh, and, oh, you can even use magic. I didn't see a way to use that for magic, but apparently there is a way to use that for ma- vanishing cards, confusing cards, restoring cards, writing from uh, the other world, uh, cards leaping or getting away. AT make it you know make money appear. Wow, photos, silly photos. I guess this is older because it says you could search for jobs from the newspaper and forcing a card. So then we get into the card tricks. So yeah, a lot in here, but um, yeah, we'll stop here and then I got more indie tricks we'll go through uh, here in a second. Everybody scoots back here with some more magic. Now, this is so we're going to get into some indie magic uh, right now. So, uh, fun stuff. I'm going to reach down. I'm going to tell you what I found, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Okay, so these are all uh, things you could probably get on the Internet. Uh, and uh, uh, some of them are still wrapped. This one is called the uh, uh, Pantom... A uh, bit pronounced with an F, rising card. And an image of a deck of cards magically appears on a picture of an empty glass tumbler. Then a freely selected card rises out of the picture of the card deck. And you could use any deck of cards. It comes with the apparatus and instructions. This is a novel rising card effect. Uh, you display an ordinary deck of cards, which can be examined and shuffled. The card can freely be selected for the deck and may be signed if you wish. The performer now explains that the normal rising card routine involves placing the gla- deck in a glass tumbler and commanding the card to rise. But with all the broken tumblers in your bag of props, uh, modif- modified the trick. Former now displays a large card with a piece of glass with a picture of a glass tumbler, stating he now uses a tumbler, which is easier to pack uh, and guaranteed not to break. A deck of cards is placed uh, on a large card depicting the tumbler, and the performer attempts to capture the image of the deck in the tumbler. The deck is tipped off the card 
and there is now an image of the cards inside the tumbler. Now you name your card and command it to rise from the deck. And also, as a spectator does, the card rises from the picture of the deck and the tumbler. And as it rises, it can clearly be seen to be the selected card, complete with the signature. The card can be pulled out of the deck and can be given for examination. So, cool. Uh, sounds fun. That one sounds like magic. This one sounds up my alley. Uh, probably because you can use a regular deck, I guess. Okay, this one is a trademark or copyright from 1974. One, two, three, change. Uh, from, uh, it comes from Virginia. Uh, magic by mail. Way back then. Oh, and it looks like it has more than one a trick in here. Uh, there's also another one called Interference. Uh, and here, Interference. A performer shows two cards, one which folds lengthways and the other folds sideways. After the cards are folded, it is seen that each of the cards has a small round hole going through them. The long folded card is placed inside the sideways folded card and the holes are aligned. The cigarette or pencil is inserted into the hole, thus securing the cards together. Suddenly, the long card is pulled back and forth, uh, penetrating the cigarettes. The cigarette is removed, and the cards are shown to be intact. Cool. I mean, that's two tricks I probably could do. Uh, and then this one is the one, two, three, change. Oh, there's two two tricks actually here. So let's do one, two, three, change first. Okay, one, two, three, change. Three cards are shown face up, and the audience is asked to remember the middle one. The cards are turned face down, and the middle one is removed. The remaining cards are turned over to show the middle one has been removed. The middle card is named and turned over to reveal it is now completely changed. Cool. So that one, uh, one, two, three, change. That's a pretty simple trick. And this last one is called Two Card Monty. Two Card Monty. Each, uh, two different cards are shown to, to someone. Uh, one is face up, the other face down. Both cards are shown front and back. Uh, one card is placed behind the performer's back. Quicker than the blink of an eye, the two cards change places. And uh, you don't even have to do This can be repeated over and over again. Cool. Two So... One card face up, one card face down. You show them front and back. Uh, then you place one behind your back, and then the cards somehow change places. Very exciting. This next one is uh, has effects on it. it uh, it's called Andrus Floating Card. And it shows someone that looks like a higher power from another universe against a spiraling background holding two cards, uh, and one seems to be floating. And it has the two cards. Also has other things you can buy. Uh, Zone Zero, a Jerry's Classic effect. Uh, vanish items behind, by, like into a hole in the center of the board. The Gemini Ring, Ring and String Magic, and the Ellis Ring Principle. Precision Machined Ring, Easy Handling. Can flip to, they don't have any prices. Card control. 
two volumes that contain scenes, different card things. You won't find false cuts, shuffles, etc. Only slights uh, that will give you new horizons. The Miracle, Jerry's routine reproduces four silver dollars from two cards uh, and then smaller and smaller torn pieces. The Gordon Diary, card is selected from a borrowed shuffle deck, uh, names any date, looks up, and the uh, card is in the performer's pocket diary. A selected card is printed on their date. Okay, Andrus floating card. A king and queen are removed from a deck of cards and freely shown. The queen is laid on top of the king and begins to levitate. The king is lifted and waved beneath the floating queen. Finally, the queen floats down to the king and both cards are freely shown. So you can make a card float. One thing I'm learning with I'll have to label these is like red deck or blue decks because some are red decked cards and some are blue decked cards. Okay, this one this one originally cost seven ninety nine at a magic store. Repeat me, it's called. Ten cards are mixed fa- displayed mixed face down. Five are given to the performer and the spectator. Okay, so two ten cards are displayed face down. Five are given to the performer, five to the spectator. Uh, the packets are placed behind their backs, and one card is selected and placed on the table face down. Okay, so each put them behind their backs, and one play, one card the selected face down cards are exchanged and placed in opposite packets face up uh, from behind the back. Uh, the remaining face downs are revealing... Uh, I don't understand this one. So, yeah, I don't know. Okay, this one's like a dyslexia one. Packets are both tabled and spread to reveal the same identical card face up. The remaining face down cards are turned face up, revealing identical value and suit of every card of a totally different card. Let me see. So it comes with cards, red deck. So these are a lot of these are red deck cards. Uh, so I guess it's like something about the cards as a trick. I don't know. If you got, if you have this much magic, you got to be pretty organized. Okay, we got another bag full of tricks. So I'm gonna hold on though. So I also have envelopes that people uh, bought, like ordered them in. I wonder if it's the same person. This one is like what I was talking about. Uh, Okay, so these were, so this is good. We're investigating. I'm not going to reveal anybody's names, but uh, some of these were bought um, and sent from different places. This one was uh, 2001, August 20th is when it was shipped uh, from one magic place. Uh, This one is from another magic place from 2001, November 2nd. And this last one, 2002, July, and the person was in the same place, uh, but three different companies and then one unlabeled. So this first one just has a bunch of rubber bands and then, and, you know, the rubber bands are 20 years old, so they didn't. They say, Dear Buyer, I'm no longer including the linked gimmick bands. People were getting upset and asked to have their money back because they would break. Okay. What they failed to realize was the, the link bands were homemade and eventually, throughout time and constant use, they will break. I've taken out the responsibility 
and blame for them in this matter by not including the link bands and ask that you make the gimmicks yourself. Break the band in half, a super glue back together. Unfortunately, on this one, it doesn't include the instructions. It's just an envelope with a bunch of old rubber bands. Okay, this next one is called The Amazing Floating Glass. And the effect is the magician picks up a frosted glass and a bottle of wine or champagne, but pours the liquid from the bottle into the glass. Uh, and as the magician is, a, let's go, the glass remains there floating as it's being filled. Then the magician takes the glass, finishes pouring, puts the do- bottle down, and drinks from the glass. And uh, this, I think, is a design your own because there's nothing, no, nothing in here. I don't know, the bag that is, the stuff came in is pretty full, though. Okay, this is one over called Over and Over. And uh, you show cards appearing from nowhere over and over again. Some of these are just too, like, I just don't know anything about magic, you know. Okay, this one looks funny. Uh, controlled Thoughts, uh... You have your spectator pick your thoughts. You prove to your spectator that you did, in fact, control their thoughts. And you have a small envelope containing four collector cards. Show it with the flap side up and the top three cards sticking out. And don't let the spectator see the fourth card. Oh, this is a performance. Oh, this one's pretty funny because it has... So, uh, I like this one. It says you're thinking of the troll card... And it has a troll card with a, like one of those trolls from the movies before they were movies when they were just toys. Uh, Connie Francis American Bandstand card. And a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers uh, card. I don't know how it works though. Okay, we got one more pretty packed envelope here. So I think this has a lot of just tricks, instructions on paper. Okay, this one's three-card money, which we did before. Then another one, two-card money, but none of the cards are in this envelope, but that's fine because we have so many tricks. Uh, and then some uh, invisible thread. That could be handy one day. Okay, we got another bag here. Uh there's one for uh, conjuring, uh, uh, the busker conjurer. And then there's a bunch of other stuff in here, little tricks. Uh, Two dollar Monty or dollar Monty. And again, this comes with the cards, uh, the equipment. Uh, I want to know the, I don't want to know the gimmick though. I want to know the um, performance. Here we go. I'm going to show you how I lost money playing three-card money in New York. You've heard of the game, haven't you? Many versions, but they all involve money and cards. Uh, Take out some cards, hold the money with your right hand while your left hand pivots the cards down. I don't know. You might, like, uh, show something. Then there's one four-card money, four, four, four. Four cards alike, three different, three, oh, no. Five different, you're going to turn over the cards uh, face down. Okay, I don't want to reveal those ones. And then I got another one here. A lot of money, you know. 
This one's just called Card Trick. It's from Austria. From Vienna Magic. Uh, four kings are transformed into four point, point cards, which may be examined by the audience. Uh, and that one does look pretty cool. Like, it's a sleight of hand one. Okay, this one's called Wild Thing. Double climax wild card effect with blank cards from 1989. And actually has 8-bit, uh, uh, like a Zilla of Gods, uh, went back when 8-bit, like this was printed like with print shop or something. Okay, this has also bicycle style cards, red deck. Okay, set up, uh, performance, uh. Oh, you got to do some stuff that I can't do. Force decks and stuff. Uh, so that's beyond my means right now. Magic. I don't perform it. I just use it to, oh, I just open magic tricks. Okay, this one's called The Touch. Uh, typewritten. A secret. I don't see the, uh, oh, the effect. Uh, nine face down cards are shown and cut. The spectator removes one card, places it face down to the side. You divide the remaining piles into two pile remaining cards into two piles of four. By touching the backs of the card, you find the pair that matches. Not only does the pair match, it matches the card removed by the spectator. Okay, I don't understand that one. And then this is the busker. Uh, this is a lecture. So, huh, this is more of a storytelling. So I'll have to, it might have, uh, I'll check this out, but I can't read anything, you know, that, uh, it can open stuff and kind of read instructions, but I want to read a story somebody wrote. I'm not sure where we're at with time, so I'll open up a couple more. Okay, this one is Boomerang Card Change card is shown front and back flipped into there and changes into another card that be, can be shown front and back uh but the card isn't in the thing so maybe i'll find it in the bag but probably you could do this uh anyway okay this one's a quarter in an envelope uh pencil through the quarter trick uh show the quarter or half dollar on both sides Hold the coin on both edges between the thumb and finger and uh, face the audience. Push the pencil through the coin and then show them that it's uh, still solid. And there's even uh, a way to fix it, I guess. Okay, fantastic presto. Six colors to one color. It's a stick with six colors on one side and one color on the other. Effect. The magician shows a rod with six different colors on both sides. Uh, the spectator is asked to choose a number from one to six. Uh, the performer then shows a color which responds to the uh, chosen number, flips over, and the entire thing is uh, the selected color. Oh, but I don't know how you do that to make them pick a color. So that one's beyond me. Anything forced dealing, I just not... Uh, well, this one's interesting. It has a giant mirror and a couple other things in here. Uh, domino. 
Congratulations, you've purchased one of the best and most clever pieces of close-up mentalism either. Domino divination. It's devastating on an audience and simple. Large flat domino is shown. Unlike an or- ordinary domino, this one you, you has dots. Uh, you explain that you made a prediction with hopefully it will come true. Oh, so they can, the spectator can move the dots. They're movable to form any one of the standard domino patterns. Then you hold a mirror next to the domino. See, there's my prediction in the mirror. This will get a laugh. Uh, this is a prelude to what's to follow. Now your actual prediction is revealed, and it's 100% correct every time. So, hmm, I don't know. And then this last one is some sort of ring on a string tricks, or maybe more than one trick is in there. Uh, the ring thing uh, is a very clever coin on card effect uh, that is certain to amaze your audience. Uh, English penny with a hole in it resting in his fingers. A silken cord threaded through the hole. Two spectators make an overhand knot in the cord and tighten it securing the coin in place. Once the coin is secured and the spectators hold the end of the cards, the hand holding the coin is covered with a hanky. The magician makes a magical gesture over the hanky. It's removed and the coin has vanished and there's a a wedding band inside the knots. And that is the trick. This bag was 60 bucks, actually, that I just went through the final one. Six tricks for $60. Uh... So pretty cool. Uh, So yeah, that's a little more sleepy magic for you all. Uh, Good night.